0: the HIM Careers Club podcast. My name is Valerie Page and I'm a registered health information technician, founder and CEO of the HIM Blueprint for Success, and I teach HIM professionals how to scale their careers with the RACA and ICAD POW method. I created the HIM Courage Club podcast for professionals just like you. Join me each week as I bridge the gap with professionals from different parts of the healthcare industry, discuss up and coming developments in healthcare, career strategies, self-development, and more. Whether you're in school, a recent graduate with no experience, or pivoting in your career, you'll get actionable tips and strategies right here that will take your mindset and career to the next level. Make sure you stick around, friend. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HIM Careers Club podcast. Today we have with us Dr. Shakira Moreland, CEO of the HIM Concierge. Dr. Moreland is going to talk with us today about her background in health information management. And I'm really interested in your story because I see that you started off very early in your career with clinical documentation as a clinical documentation specialist. And I keep hearing all these things that you need to have all these years of experience or that you need to have an RN license. You need to be a nurse in order to do that type of work. So I'm very interested in your background. We all want to hear about you. So go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. First of all, I'm really excited. This is my first podcast. So I feel like I'm a celebrity talking to another celebrity. So thank you for inviting me. And let's see, I actually got started in healthcare maybe about 10 years ago. My first role was as a health unit coordinator for a hospital. So I did a lot of helping transfer patients and discharging patients and things like that. And I usually start off by saying that my first real HIM position was as a clinical documentation specialist. But prior to that position, I was working within the office position as a medical records clerk, and I did a lot of scanning, but it didn't require any type of credentials or any type of medical record education. So I really don't list those positions there. But that clinical documentation specialist position was the first position that I had that required the RHIA, and it was really serendipitous how I fell into that situation, and it was really about the connection that I had with the hiring manager at the time. I had a little bit of background in medical records from that clinic opportunity that I had, but it was really the education that I got from WGU that really prepared me to even feel somewhat comfortable to apply for that position. And it was mostly in regards to looking at the release of information and auditing the release of information requests that we were sending out to different requesters. So that was my first taste of HIM where I really needed that credential in order to do it.
0: Awesome, that's amazing. So how many years were you in that position of medical record clerk before you transitioned over to the CDS position?
1: So I was there in that clinic for about maybe about three or four years because that's when I started going towards my bachelor's degree. And it's so funny because while I was in school, I had a lot of people who made fun of the fact that I was going to WGU since it was online. So here I was doing all this online stuff and they're like, girl, I don't know why you think that this is going to get you anywhere. So I just think that it's funny how it worked out. So yeah, I was there for about three years. I thought that now that I was finished with everything, I took the test, I passed the test. I'm like, okay, so where's my promotion? Where's my raise? And they're like, we don't have nothing for you. This is kind of it. So that's when I knew that I had to move around.
0: Got it. I totally feel you on that. I'm a graduate of DeVry University. And you know, DeVry University was the butt of all the jokes of online schools. It was was in the movies. they were like, oh, you went to DeVry University. Exactly. Exactly. I understand. I have to crack up laughing. I completely feel you on that. I've heard that all the time. And I've Mm -hmm. actually felt that way before. Like, it's DeVry University. It's online. It's not that serious. But I'm glad I didn't allow what people said to me about that educational institution yep. to get to me because I mean, if I didn't get that degree and take my certification, yep. I wouldn't be where I am right now today. So I'm very exactly. proud to be a DeVry graduate. <laughs> I heard that, girl. I heard that. <laughs> but that's great. I love that you explain in detail how you got into that clinical documentation specialist position. So it sounds like it was a combination of having a connection. You said you knew the manager and then you did have some experience. You had your education as well and you had that credential. So that was a good combination that you had there going on. I like to tell people to go ahead and get started in your Mm -hmm. career as soon as possible. Like some Mm -hmm. people think, Oh, I have to wait until I graduate from my program before I try to seek out opportunities. I'm like, no, No. go ahead, get your foot in the door, start working somewhere and then work your way up. you're in school two, three, four years, but you're still working in health information management somewhere, by the time you graduate, And get your degree and you get the credential. Now you have two, three years of experience already up under your belt. So I'm glad that you explained it like that because some people believe that they need to finish school first before they go after opportunities. It's like start wherever you are.
1: And I didn't know the manager per se. We didn't have any type of relationship. However, during the interview process, you go in and you have a certain type of confidence. And people can relate to you if you're relatable, then it makes it a little bit easier for them to make a decision as far as whether they want to hire you or not. That's the type of relationship I was able to afford with the hiring manager during the interview. So, but we didn't know each other personally or anything. Let me
0: clarify that
1: part, but it did help. You made a connection
0: in there. Humans like humans. You didn't go in there scripted or robotic. Right. I try as
1: authentic as I can in all relationships because I want the right opportunities to present themselves. And so when you go into it with the inauthentic, I guess, outlook, then that's the type of things that you attract you attract things to the wrong thing. So I want to be as authentic as I can. So only the things that mesh well with me, that resonate well with me are attracted to me, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. 100%. So tell me... Did you always know that you wanted a career in healthcare or did this just come about? No,
1: at first, what's so funny is that I wanted to originally be a journalist and um, I had got accepted to Howard University for journalism. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, because I love to write, absolutely love to write. And when I was in high school, I was on the newspaper team. I was like doing photography. So I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But I got derailed and I had my son found out the day that I got my acceptance letter from Howard that I was pregnant with my son. So I was like, man, but I made the decision to go ahead and be a mother. And once I started working, I started off maybe doing like Dollar General stuff. And I had the baby, I was completely lost. But someone at my church, she worked as a human resource manager at one of the major hospitals in Dallas. And so she gave me the opportunity to interview for one of the health unit coordinator positions. And so that's how I got my start in healthcare. And HIM was something that I had no idea about. Um, I just so happened to come across a newsletter because big organizations usually print out those little newsletters for everybody to read or whatever. So I was reading this newsletter and I just saw this black woman on the cover with other people and she just stood out because it was the of other colors, but she just stood out. So I don't know who this woman is. I don't know what she does, but I am so captivated by her that I want to be just like her. And I did some research, found out she was the HIM services director for the hospital. And I sent her a cold email and I just reached out to her and I told her how I wanted to know more about her. And after I made that connection, she connected with me. I was surprised that she answered back. And she's been my mentor ever since. So I've wanted to not necessarily mimic her career, but she did give me the idea of going into HIM because I saw that it could at least be a lucrative career. So that's
0: how I got started, thanks to her. Awesome. That is amazing. I'm glad you didn't let becoming a new mom stop you or slow you down in your career. I feel like when children come into the picture, I feel like they actually, well, for me personally, yeah. from my experience, and just listening to you, but I feel like they actually motivate you and push you to take the next step, even when you're yeah. not ready. So, for yeah. me, it wasn't until after I had my daughter that I got serious about my career. Yeah. I used to work jobs and then, like, just quit. Yeah. If I didn't like something or if the manager is getting on my nerves, I just yeah, don't I like the work. I would quit a job <laughs> in a second. Like, I was bad with it. I would not even <laughs> submit a two week notice. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed. When I got pregnant with my daughter and I had her, yeah. then it It was like, okay, I have this little human being looking up to me that is depending on me. And I did not want to give her the same life that I had growing up. Mm -hmm. It was quite difficult. Things weren't always easy for me growing up as a kid. I wasn't Mm -hmm. always able to have everything that I wanted, and I don't want to do that with her. So I need to get serious. and actually wanted to work in criminal justice. I did, right? I wanted to be a criminal investigator, but I wanted a career that provided provided stability, some sense of job security. Like I don't think any job is 100% secure, Mm -hmm. but I wanted job security and I didn't really believe that criminal justice would provide me with that. Mm -hmm. That's when I came across health information management I had never heard of it at that time before either. i never heard of it. And I'm like, okay, this seems like it'll be a lucrative career. Just like you said, it seems like a lucrative career. I knew I wanted to work in healthcare. I knew I didn't want to be anybody's nurse. I don't want to do any blood or anything like that. I don't want to be anybody's nurse. So I'm like the administrative side is this is the part that I would go for. But like our stories is kind of similar with that right there. Like I really love that. But my daughter, she really pushed me to take the next step in my career get serious and take it from there.
1: Yeah, I totally understand. It's a lot different when you have somebody dependent on you. You can go without somebody who has to eat every day. Then you can't say, you know what? Forget y'all. You can't walk out. Another thing that's funny is that I actually did a security job for like two or three years night shift. And that is so funny. I thought I wanted to get into the criminal justice field, too, because our mom, she was as like one of the people in the jail, I forgot what they call them, but she worked inside the jail. My grandfather, he was a constable and he was a police. I thought that that was a pass that I wanted to take. That is just nice to do that. So I will probably let everybody. I wouldn't give out any tickets. I just it just
0: for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Right. So tell me. What do you think could have been obstacles or roadblocks that could have derailed you or stopped you in your career that you've overcome?
1: That is a tough question. I would say that I'm a very restless person and I get bored easily. So obstacle for me during my career has always been just this unwavering, unsatisfaction. Like I was never pleased wherever I went, regardless of what I did, just was not pleased. And that's one of the reasons why I have so much exposure to different aspects of HIM because of that satisfaction. So I was able to do the release of information side. I was able to do record quality, compliance, revenue integrity, HIM manager for a small facility where I was building the department from the ground up with every single one of them. It was just this unwavering unsatisfaction to the point I'm like, okay, what is it about me that just makes me unhappy with whatever it is that I want to do? So that was a big barrier for me. And I think that another one was second guessing myself and not trusting my gut instincts. That was something that was a roadblock that I've had to overcome. Now I understand that those gut feelings are there for a reason. And they're like your guardian angels to let you know what to watch out for. So I'm learning to trust that. And a big one for me now, not necessarily a roadblock, but an obstacle that I'm coming to terms with is knowing when a professional relationship has run its course. Those are the biggest obstacles that I've come through so far and I'm still going through right now.
0: So there's one thing that you listed that you said is the obstacle, but the way I see it, I really don't think that it's an obstacle. I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious why you said it's an obstacle, but let me explain. So you said that you're never satisfied. You move around to like different positions in different areas. But to me, I think that's a really good thing because it's exposed you to so many different parts of the industry, which has actually helped you out. Some people get into positions, right? And Mm -hmm. they get so comfortable and they stay and they get stuck and they become complacent. And it's like, well, this is all I know. This is all I've been doing. or I know all the people that work here. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to go through the whole looking for another job and starting all over again. I don't want to do it. So they become complacent and then they stay stuck. And then you look up five, six, seven years from now and you're in the same position at the same company yeah. that you don't really like, that you don't really enjoy. So yeah. I actually think that it's a really great thing that you move when you feel like it's time to move. I love that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it too came from outside perception. So my mom, she's old school. She is the, you get in the spot and you stay there until you die, until you retire. You don't move. You just stay there. And you become comfortable, and I think that that again is how it tied into that gut feeling. So with the self-guessing and second-guessing myself, because I'm like, okay, this position is not doing for me what I needed to do, but I don't know if I should move because my mom said that I need to get somewhere to sit down. So I had to a lot of that wrestling going back and forth, and I say that it able to move around. But I think that it was an obstacle in the fact that I was unsatisfied because I had no idea where I wanted to go. I had no Mm -hmm. idea what I wanted to do. So instead of deciding, okay, well, what is it that you want to do so you can do it? I was just moving around, just trying to figure it out as I went. So I think that's why it was an obstacle for me. But it just so happened to work out for my good. Thank the Lord. The word is true. All things work together for our good. It just so happened to work out, but that's why I listed it as an obstacle for me.
0: Yes, I completely get that part of it where you said like just you actually had to go around and experience yeah. different places and versus taking a step back and really deciding and analyzing and evaluating what you wanted to do. So right. it, it probably essentially took more time because yes. you were spending time in each one of these places. I get it. With some pros and cons with that.
1: The last position that I had, which was really the turning point for me, I was just promoted into this position not too long ago. And so I'm like, okay, yes, this is going to be great. So I got promoted to the position. I was, even though it was an internal position, I was able to talk the director into giving me an extra pay raise. Because usually when you move internally, there is only a certain cap that they're, they'll be willing to give you because you're internal. So I was able to work it out to the point where I got more money. So here I am. I'm making more money doing this job and find out while I'm doing it that I absolutely hate this crap. Like one of the first things when I decided to go back to school was to be an accountant because I felt like, okay, there's accountants everywhere. That's how I made my career decision. Also, it's like, okay, I need to find something that's always going to be open that's never going to you know, have to deal with these closures and stuff like that. And I thought that healthcare was one of the safe ones until we saw COVID come in and just knock everything out, regardless of what industry it was. I thought it was safe, but it's not either. But I started accounting, got a little bit of it, and I said, nope. And then that's when I started looking and researching to see what else I can go to school for. But in this particular position, I found myself doing more accounting work. And I'm like, I don't like, accounting. However, I have created this lifestyle with this income that I've worked so hard to get to and I can't leave. I'm making a nice amount of money and now the bills are matching the income that I have started putting in and that's where we get into the whole golden handcuffs because the velvet handcuffs are handcuffs where you're bonded but they're comfortable
0: <laughs> you're kind of like, I you love that mean. term by the way it's the first time I ever heard that velvet handcuffs
1: yes velvet handcuffs like they feel good but you're in bondage so you can't even leave because you're like at this point you're like oh I'm scared to leave because I got these bills coming up I got these bills coming up but Sunday morning you're hating you're dreading waking up in the morning you hate how you have to go do this thing that you hate to do but you can't leave because you got bills and, and mouths to feed yeah, that's, that's one of those things that, that I struggle with, but I had to break up out of there. I know that.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty much, you don't want to go after opportunities based off the amount of money that you can make, because if you're making a lot of money, but you don't enjoy what you're doing, or it's just something stressful, then it's stuck. Like you just explained, like you're here, you love the money. It's Mm -hmm. supporting your lifestyle and paying your Mm -hmm. bills and everything like that. But the majority part of your day, the second part of the majority part of our day that we spend at work, right? Eight Mm -hmm. hours a day, five days a week. And Mm -hmm. depending on if you're commuting to and from work or not, Mm -hmm. you're spending a significant amount of your day to work. And it's something that you absolutely hate. And you feel stuck because it's like the money is good.
1: Yeah. And then that's it affects how you show up at home. You're snapping at your kids because they left a sock on the floor. You blowing up at at your husband because he keep watching games and you want to look at real housewives. I mean, it just it shows up in all type of ways, like the stress is weighing on you because you're messed up. You're mad because you got to get up and do it all over again. It just takes such a toll on the quality of life. And yeah, so that's part of the reasons why I have to do what's best for me and I got to get out.
0: Absolutely. What (laughs) would you say was the breaking point? What was the straw that broke the camel's back that made you say, that's it, I'm done?
1: One of the things I just had to do like a deep reflection. And so I'm like, look, I'm a very spiritual person. So I was like, look, Lord, I am going through it, like, I'm so appreciative of this opportunity that you've given to me. So I'm not complaining in any shape, form or fashion. However, there has to be more to life than this. And I need you to help me find it. And so I was thinking back, what did I do in my career where I was actually happy? And so that's when I thought back to my very first job as a cashier at Dollar General. That's where we had a dialysis center that was right next door. And a lot of the customers that came in, I was able to develop relationships with them and talk with them and they love me and I love them. And so I figured that was revealed to me. That's what I was missing in my job because I was here doing this stuff on the computer all day. I'm entering all this data that I hate to do anyway. And I don't have the opportunity to build relationships with people, which is extremely important to me. And I wasn't able to do that. So I said, okay, I really don't want to do that, but I don't know what that next step looks like. And so what I ended up doing, I went to this boot camp type thing with Christy Rutherford. You've probably seen her on LinkedIn. I love her. She's one of the realest. I absolutely love her. And I went to this boot camp with her. That's kind of where we explored why are we unhappy. She really got down to the nitty-gritty about why we're unhappy. And after that, that's when I really decided I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to take control of my happiness. It's not my job's job to make me happy. It's not my family's job to make me happy. It's me. It's my job to make myself happy. I have to determine what it is that makes me joyful and I need to make sure that I'm doing it. So if helping people, if being able to develop these relationships with people, that's what brings me joy, then I need to put myself in a position to where I can do that all the time. And so that was the breaking point for me. And that's when I decided, I'm going to go ahead and let this go. Nice.
0: I love it. And when I hear the name of your business, it is a perfect match for your missions and your values and your goals and what it is that you want to do, the HIM Concierge.
1: Yeah. Tell us more
0: about this.
1: So it's really like the name of the business altogether is Dr. SK Moreland Concierge and Consulting Services. But as a brand, I'm branding myself as the HIM concierge. So when people think anything HIM, I I want them to think of me. Like if they're thinking about career development, if they're thinking about coaching, if they're thinking about helping land uh, recruiting, if they're thinking about process improvement for hospitals or redeveloping a course, I want them to think of me. Now, albeit, I'm not really great at doing all of those things. However, I am great and making relationships. And I've developed this relationship with this person because I only have real people in my circle. I've developed this relationship with this person so much so that I trust their ability to do this. And I can point you in the right direction. So when you go out of town somewhere and you go to a new hotel and they'll give you like a little pamphlet and it shows you like all the restaurants there and near there, all the entertainment stuff that's near there, things you can do, stuff like that. They kind of have it all there for you. So as the HIM concierge, I want to be a one-stop shop for everybody. You come to me and I can point you, either I can help you do it or I can point you to somebody that I trust that can. That's where that came around from.
0: Nice. And I just want to piggyback on what you told us about moving around throughout the industry and not really being satisfied with different positions and kind of bouncing around. I'm just, mm-hmm. as you're explaining to me your business and the service, which you're going to provide. It just makes me think about how sometimes in the moment while we're doing, we don't realize what's happening, but right. we go through things in our lives for a reason. Through all of what you've been exposed to and the connections and the relationship you have built with different people and different businesses, mm-hmm. all leads up to what you're doing right now.
1: Exactly. And that's what I prayed for too. I was like, how can I use my love for people My love to be able to help people. In addition to the education that I've already spent all this money on, in addition to all the skill set that I've been able to learn over the years, how can I mesh all of that together to do something where I'll feel purposeful and be excited every single day? And so that's part of what I want to do as a HIM concierge is I want to be able to bring other people to that too. I want to mesh everything together, so it's not just about okay, this is the career that I'm interested in, but really looking at like, why is it that you want to do it? What is it about it that makes you want to do it? Looking at that and, and helping them decide, okay, well, based on this and based on your love of doing this, well, maybe you can look at doing some things like this. How does that sound to you? Or how can I help you to get to this point? So that's kind of what I do too. I'm trying to get as many people on the train with me as possible. To happiness
0: basically. <laughs> Got it. I love it. Now, since you had experience in multiple different parts of the industry, I even see that you've did some teaching as well, right? Yeah, so I'm doing some
1: adjunct teaching as well for three different institutions, actually. They just spurred of the moment. Once I made the decision that I didn't want to be where I was in corporate America anymore, and these positions just came to me. So it was at one point in my career while I was getting constant rejection, but now it's to the point that everything that I've been intentional about, that I've actually said, you know what, this is what I want to do. I've got an offer letter for every single one that I've applied to, and I'm having opportunities come to me that I'm not even asking for, that's still related, and to the point where I'm actually having to say no to some of this stuff. I'm like, look, I need time. Y'all doing too much. But that's kind of what happened that's what happens when you have that clarity about this is, and you're intentional about what you want to do. That's what yep. happens. I don't know if I answered that question or not. No.
0: Yeah, no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what part of the industry or what part of your career besides the business right now, so before starting your business, mm-hmm. what part of the industry would you say is your, your favorite? Because you did clinical documentation, you've been an H.I.M. analyst, teaching everything. Yeah. What part of the industry would you say is your most favorite?
1: I think that the favorite part for me was when I was, we had a clinical documentation committee and that was where on the whole hospital to make sure that standing orders and protocols. So using the EMR, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it. It's been a while since I did it. But basically, it automates the order. So if a patient comes in and if they had chest pain, then that means with a standing order that the nurse could go ahead and order an x-ray and all these labs without having to wait for the doctor to place those orders because it's an emergency situation. And protocols are kind of like the same thing where it basically says the doctor has already approved this protocol. So that means that the nurse can do all these different things and she does not have to wait for the doctor. Place an order for her to do it or her or him. And so I like that position because it gave me the opportunity to work with different people in different departments. It was the relationship part of it that I liked the most. It wasn't necessarily the work of getting policies and procedures together or looking at regulatory stuff like that, but it was working and developing these relationships with these different people that I love the most. And I was able to be a part of the committee. So meeting the heads of different departments and having that one-on-one relationship with them. And I love to see how relationships went from very formal to, hello, how are you? To more of, girl, what's going on? I called you yesterday, you didn't answer the phone. I love those type of real relationships I was able to make with people. So again, it wasn't necessarily about what I was doing, but it was about how I was able to do the job. And that was with Interacting
0: with the people. Exactly. And obviously that's doing what you love. I'm so glad you found your calling and that you took it to the next level of starting your own business, the HIM concierge. Like it's so appropriate. It's so you. Like yeah. I'm glad that you took the leap of faith and that you did yeah. this. I think what's yeah. important is people taking the time with themselves, really having some deep thought and being mm-hmm. completely honest with themselves and Going after exactly what it is that you're truly interested in doing versus seeing, like, oh, I see her over there and she's doing clinical documentation and they make Mm -hmm. this amount of money. So, no, let me get into that. And then you get into clinical documentation and you absolutely hate it. You absolutely hate it. I tell people all the time I'm a revenue integrity coding analyst and I have to speak with the department heads and the VPs and do a lot of spreadsheets and going back and forth and doing all that stuff. Stuff like that, it might drive somebody crazy. Somebody yeah, may not you even want to look at a spreadsheet or these yeah, work queues you know. with millions of dollars <laughs> in it. And they're like, What's going on with the work queues? It's a whole another animal. And I told people that, you know, same thing when it comes to uh coding, especially inpatient coding. It's yeah. a different animal, yeah. right? Coding is yeah. not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Some people just wanna hop into positions and go after it because they see the dollar signs attached to the title. And it's like, don't worry about the dollar signs as attached to the title. Just focus on finding the type of work that connects with what you do really well and something that you're interested in. And then you will naturally excel in the work that you're doing because you're doing something that you're truly Interested in and yes. something that's not draining you. If you're doing work that doesn't match with who you are at your core, it yes. is going to drain you, and you are not yes. going to perform well. And then you're yes. going to be back on the wheel, looking for another job. You know, yes. that you're going to want to get out. So I absolutely love it. So let us know where can we find you. What is your social media handles, your LinkedIn information, your website? Where can we find the HIM concierge? Okay, couple things. My
1: website, I have it, but it's not ready yet. But it is coming. But it's gonna be himconcierge.com. Right now, it's just parked. I'm still working on that because it's early stages. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. I am on LinkedIn. I'm extremely heavy on LinkedIn. So you can go to linkedin.com/slash/thehimconcierge. You can find me there. I'm also new to Twitter. I have like a Generation Zer. Is that what they call the newer generation? They got so many names. I don't know. But anyway, he told me, he said, you need to get a Twitter because that's where everybody's doing. So I'm like, okay, but I'm on Twitter now. My Twitter handle is at the HIM Concierge. So you'll see me dibbling and dabbling and experimenting on there. If I tweet something the wrong way, it's because I'm new to it. But that's where you can find me.
0: All right. And before we head out, I got to ask you, what is your advice for newcomers coming into the healthcare industry? What's your advice?
1: I would say take a hard look at who you are to define what it is, is your life's work and do work that aligns. that once you find, I guess the work that determines or falls in line with what it is that you want to do at your core, make sure that if you can't get to that level right now, find a mentor that's going to help you avoid some of those pitfalls easier now more than ever on net networking to linkedin or something like that it doesn't even have to be social network someone that you can just talk to and vent to about their experiences. And it might also help if you don't put the mentor title onto it, because sometimes when people hear the word mentor, they automatically think about the time that they're going to have to invest. So I would say that start off by asking them like simple questions or getting their feedback on what they specific and then circle back to them once you've completed that. And that's one way to kind of, Establish that relationship without putting a title on something because you know sometimes titles make people cringe. So that would be my advice find out what it is that you want to do. Once you figure out what you want to do, find somebody who's doing what it is that you want to do and follow their advice. Take their advice to see how you can maneuver your career and avoid the pitfalls that they went through.
0: All right, now y'all heard her. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Dr. Moreland. Thank you so much for having me and let me know however I can be of service
1: to you. If you ever need anything, you know where I'm at. And yeah, let me know how I can help, whatever I can do to help out. I'm
0: here for it. Thank you. another great episode. Thanks for joining us today. I want to know what you enjoyed the most about this podcast session. What was your biggest takeaway? Make sure that you tag me on Instagram at Valerie Page underscore R-H-I-T. Tag and let me know what was your biggest takeaway. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to share this with all your H-I-M friends.